The last time I spoke, we talked about a subject. Does anybody remember what it was? Feelings. Yeah, we could have some of the singers sing it for us. I won't try. But, um, yeah, Uh, feelings. You know that old song? Feelings, nothing but feelings, right? And we could have somebody sing that song, you know, if loving you's wrong, I don't want to be right because the feelings are there, you know? Or something like that. But but we're not gonna we're not gonna dwell on that side of feelings. I want us to talk about another side of feelings this morning. But what we talked about was the devil using feelings to be the master of distraction with feelings. Right? And that if a woman or a wife can win her husband with her lifestyle, then we could win the world with our lifestyle, right? So we're going to talk some more about that this morning, but put up if you would, um, let's see where it was, Matthew 24, no, 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 the Message Bible, Acts 22:15, and remind ourselves of this one scripture in the Message Bible. It says, you are to be a key witness to everyone you meet of what you've seen and heard. Now, a key witness is the main one of the main people in a trial or something. They're the ones they are depending on their testimony, right? Okay, so say I am a key witness. Now hook back in with me after filling that form out, okay? Okay, three people. Okay, let's get started here. I am a what? Key witness. Good. You're a key witness of the things of God, right? It's like the disciples. They were key witnesses of what Jesus did, right? So we are to be a key witness of the things of God. So keep that in mind throughout today. And then we're going to start talking about some more things about feelings. Um, You know, the devil didn't create feelings, but he is a very good master of distorting them. And we talked about just like with wisdom, there's godly wisdom and devilish wisdom. Well, it's the same thing with feelings. So let's not get confused about that God has really good feelings that he created. But the devil has done nothing but distort feelings. So I want us to talk about a few things about feelings today. And I want to see if you recognize any of these scenarios. Let me know if you do. You ever heard anybody say, they just don't appreciate me? All I am is a taxi cab driver. I'm not a mom. Nobody appreciates me. Right? All I am is a slave. I just pick up after everybody. My boss doesn't appreciate me. I work, work, work. Matter of fact, I had one employee one time that sat in my office, and this is what they did. But you don't understand. I work harder than everybody you have, every employee you have. And they pointed their finger and pointed it, tapped it on my desk. Now, did they have a clue how hard every other employee worked? No clue. But what what were they doing? Yielding to what? Feelings. Now, I didn't get mad with that employee. I didn't even get upset with that employee. But what I did do was say, Lord, open their eyes so that they can see the truth of what everybody else is doing. Because that's exactly what the devil is. He is a master of, oh me. Oh my. 
What about me? What about my? What about I? And that's what he does with feelings. Look at this situation. Start with a family, with children, a little child. Have you ever seen a little child throw a temper tantrum? Have you ever been around a two-year-old? How many of you have ever been around a two-year-old? Do they have feelings? Do they let you know about their feelings? They are very strong feelings a lot of times. And they're very loud feelings a lot of times. Right? And they will let everybody around them know about their feelings. Well, do you know in the spiritual world, there are two-year-old spiritual babies just like there are spiritual babies in the natural? And do you know you can get around people and you can look at them and you can tell exactly how they feel five minutes after being around them? You can tell if they're happy. They let you know it. You can tell if they're sad. They let you know it. You can tell if they're mad. They let you know it. You can tell if they're depressed. You know it. Right? You can tell if they're angry. You know it. You can tell if they have a temper. You know it. After being around them for five minutes, you can tell a lot about a lot of people. Especially if you're their spouse. Right? How many of you spouses can read your spouse's face by now? Can you tell when you wake up in the morning if they woke up on the right side of the bed or the wrong side? Do you ever want to tell them, just get back in the bed and get up on the other side? (laughs) Right? Because it's just like they wake up with feelings. Right? Just the way two-year-olds do. Well, we are different people than the world is. We're supposed to be a peculiar people, a different people. And what is supposed to happen to us? Are we supposed to be like that two-year-old? I remember a case when we first started the Branson Church. We had this little boy, and he had never been disciplined in any way from yielding to his feelings. He was probably, I don't know how old he was. Tom and Amy's in the back back there, I think, or Amy or one of them. How old would that little boy have been that kicked me in the ribs and broke my new pearl necklace? Amy almost broke it. Four? Five? Four or five? Yeah. Um, I, I think he probably cracked one of my ribs. They had had it with him in kids, and I was underneath a table with him, talking to him, and he was out of control. I'm telling you, we find out real quickly what goes on in people's households with their kids. by the way the kids act. And this little boy, he was, I mean, he he was wild. But you know what? It didn't take long until he started realizing he might could act that way at home, but he couldn't act that way at church. Because people will uh, do things that they're allowed to do. They'll do things that they can get by doing. It depends on who they're around. Have you ever noticed that you might act really, really mean and upset around somebody like your spouse or something like that, but then people can get around people that they want to impress? And what happens? All this sugar and sweet and honey just starts pouring out of them. Right? But then they get around somebody they don't care, and all this bitter and mean and hard starts coming out of them. 
right? It's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It's like they're two people. Well, I want us to talk about all those feelings this morning. I want us to talk about feelings like offenses and hurts and uh, uh, I'm not appreciated and depressed and condemned and mad and bitter and angry and I've been taken advantage of and I'm crabby and I'm sad. What kind of feelings are those? Devilish feelings, wrong feelings. Who created those feelings? The devil created them. I want us to talk about God's feelings. Did you know that when you got saved, I'm going to tell you a little secret. You basically signed a contract. Did you know it? You went into a covenant. So that means you basically went into agreement with somebody. Now, over the last several years, I've had to read lots of contracts. I can't seem to get any of the staff enthused about reading them, so I end up having to read them. And you know, a lot of times, there is a lot of fancy words and a lot of fine print in a contract. Do you know that when you got saved, there were certain things that you agreed to? Like you were going to no longer be a child of the devil. You were going to become a child of God. And you were going to represent the Lord. Did you know that was in your fine print of your contract? Right? But it's not to hurt you. It is to help you. Everybody in this room has yielded to bad feelings. Everybody in this room has yielded to, they don't treat me right. They don't appreciate me. I work all day long and I come home and look at this, what I got to deal with. But did you know listening to the devil with those kind of things will destroy your marriage? It'll destroy your family. It'll destroy you on your job. If you sit there and think about what people owe you, it will destroy every part of your life. If all you think about is, they don't give me what I need. They don't appreciate what I do. They don't pay me enough. The first time you begin to think on those thoughts, you start down a path that's wrong. Because it is a devil path. And there's nothing on that path that is of God. So there's no way it can be right. You're in the wrong part of town. So there's nothing about it that can be blessed of God. There's nothing about it that can be good. Do you want to know how I know? Turn with me to this scripture, Galatians 5.22. This is the NIV. It says, the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have what? Crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Now, how many of you in here would say that you're saved today? Now, that's still a few hands didn't go up. Let's try that one more time so that I'll know at the end of the service when we give an altar call. 
if we need to come and tap you on the shoulder. How many of you in here this morning say that you're saved? Yeah, that's, that's a lot better. Okay, so um, that means that because of that, uh, you belong to Christ Jesus, right? That means it becomes your responsibility to crucify the sinful nature. That's in your fine print of your contract. It becomes your job to put under the sinful nature. And the sinful nature is those things that make you blow your top and get bitter and get angry. The sinful nature is those things that all you think about is me, 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 my, 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 I, 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 I. And what happens is people that do that want to get around people that feed them that. Yeah, they don't appreciate you. They don't recognize that you have to get up and you're not feeling good. They don't even know that you didn't feel good today. They just piled more on you. And you feed on that stuff and it will take you down a path of destruction. It will take you down a path that the devil wants you on. I've seen many a person that begin to listen to that stuff and it gets them totally and completely out of their jobs, out of their families, out of their minds. That's how people end up in mental institutions because they begin to think on things that they shouldn't be thinking on, things that God didn't put in their mind. We are supposed to be of this, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's who we are supposed to be. So as children of God, these are the things that we are supposed to yield to, not the other things. So let's read Matthew 12:33 now. I think you already know this, but I want to remind you of a few things. This is the King James. Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by its fruit. The Amplified says this. Either make the tree sound, healthy, and good, and its fruit sound healthy and good, or make the tree, what? Rotten, diseased and bad, and its fruit rotten, diseased and bad. For the tree is known and recognized, and what? The tree is what? The tree is what? Judged by his fruit. Now, who is he talking about judging this tree? People. It's talking about people that see the tree judging the tree. Now, think with me just a second and pretend, okay? Everybody do like this. You're a tree. Now, pretend with me just a minute. You're a tree. Hold out your arms. Don't be bashful. Hold out your tree. You're a tree. Now, you're a tree and you have fruit on you, okay? That's what you are. You're a tree. Now, 
How many of you want some really, really, really sweet oranges or sweet plums or sweet? You're a tree, right? You're a tree. You're doing it. And I come and I'll pick a, pick a good sweet orange and I'll make me some good orange juice off of it this morning. Now, I couldn't come back to this tree this afternoon and pick something bitter from the same tree. That's what it's talking about. I'm going to judge this tree by the fruit that I pick off of this tree. So I picked a sweet orange. But what if by this afternoon, this sweet orange has turned to chewing him out? Huh? No longer sweet. No longer sweet, is it? It's going to make that orange into a grapefruit. Right? Right. It's going to make it bitter and tart. Do you know you do not have to tell a person that you're a Christian? People go around the world trying to convince people, I'm a Christian. They put stickers on their cars. They put logos on their stationery. They do this, they do that. But do you know what? You don't have to tell a soul that you're a Christian. You have to bear these fruit. You have to bear love. You have to bear joy. You have to bear peace. I'm going to come and pick me a peace fruit off of her. What if I come to pick a piece of peace off of her and she's like... How am I going to judge her? As a good tree or a bad tree? So she can yell at me all she wants to that she's a good tree. But if every fruit that I see on her is bad, what conclusion am I going to come to? I don't care how many times she tells me she's a good tree. But every fruit I see about her is bitter, angry, sad, mad, depressed, upset, tired, put out, crabby. What kind of tree am I going to think she is? A bad tree. You're a tree. Say, I'm a tree. tree. And people will recognize me and judge me by what? My fruit. What is your fruit? Put the fruit back up there again, please, Miss Hannah, or who's ever up there. Galatians 5.22, NIV. Keep that one handy. We'll use it over and over again. The fruit of the Spirit is love. What if somebody mistreats her and she feels like I have every right or he feels like they stole from me. I have every right not to walk in love. What is his fruit going to show? It's not going to show godliness. It's not going to show the fruit of the spirit. It's going to show the devilish fruit, the bad fruit. So every time you do something, you need to be forewarned, aware. 
You may be trying to get your husband saved. You may be trying to get your wife saved. You may be trying to get your sister saved. You may be trying to get your brother saved, your grandfather, your father, your mother. What are they seeing? They're only seeing your fruit. Do you know most of the time people do not listen to your words? They look at your fruit. And they see your fruit. And they see how you act. And they see what you do. And how you react to situations. This is the only fruit that they should see coming out of you. Because you signed a contract. And you said, I am a child of God and I'm going to put that sinful nature down and I'm going to live in this fruit. I'm only go- I have been engrafted into God's kingdom now and this is the only kind of fruit I can produce now. I was cut off from that bad tree and they had taken me and grafted me into God's tree and it only produces what? Good fruit. That's who you are. So let's look at a couple of other things. Matthew 16, 19. Because people want to know, yeah, I understand that. And I know, I know, I know, I know, I know I'm not supposed to yield to that stuff. But I just can't help it. I have a temper and I'm Irish and I just, I can't help it. Or I'm a Cajun. You know, I'm a Cajun, you know. Creole Cajun. And you know those guys, it's like Jesse says. When a man treats you wrong, don't be concerned. An alligator got to eat. <laughs> Took some of you longer than the others, but... And I'm the blonde one. Um, but how do I control this? I'm a grown person. How do I control I wake up in the morning and I just feel depressed. They've got me on 16 prescriptions and I still feel depressed. I've been doing this job so long, I'm just so bored and I'm so sad. And, you know, I, I just, I don't like my life. I don't like the people I'm around. My husband doesn't make me happy anymore. My wife, I just can't stand being around her anymore. I don't like my job, I don't like this, I don't like that, and just have lost all the fruit of the Spirit. How do I fix it? I've tried, I, want, I don't want to be here, I don't even like me anymore. How do I fix it? You want to know? Okay, I'll talk to these two people right here. Everybody else can go home. Do you want to know? Yes. Have you ever yielded to something you didn't want to yield to? Yes. Have you ever done anything you didn't want to do? Yes. Have you ever embarrassed yourself by reacting in a way you didn't want to react? Yes. Or opened your mouth when you wished you would have kept it shut? Yes. yes, we all have. Every person in here has. So let's see how to fix it. Matthew 16:19 says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you shall loose on the earth shall be loosed in heaven. Uh, I think it's the Amplified says, um, I didn't put my translation down here. I think it's the Amplified. It says, I will give you the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on the earth, maybe it's the new living. Is it the new living? Will be forbidden in heaven 
And whatever you permit on the earth will be permitted in heaven. In other words, whatever you allow down here, he's going to allow to happen up there. Therefore, it's going to be allowed in your life. He has given who? It says, I give unto who? Who is you? God has given unto who? Me, I. Here's a good place to say me, I. Right? God gave unto you. Say, God gave unto me the keys. I am in control. Everybody say it again. God gave unto me the keys. I am in control. Okay, now let me ask you a question. Say this ring right here. Now, this is a pretty nice ring. I believe God for it. God blessed me with it. I sold a lot of jewelry in my day. And my husband got me this ring here. And when he gave me this ring, he gave it to me as a gift. What if he gave me this ring and he sat it there and he said, Phil, I got you something nice. And he gave me that ring and he sat it there. And I just left it there in an open spot in a public place. And just set it there like that. And I left it there. Reckon how long it would just sit there? Huh? Reckon how long it would just be there, dormant. Dave says, I should be glad it's even still there now, even with the church people. <laughs> And he says, Phil, I gave it to you. Why don't you have it? Why aren't you using it? Why don't you wear it? Why aren't you getting the benefits of it? Oh, I'll get to it. I'll get it. It's yours. Why don't you get it? I've been busy. I'll I'll get to it. But what do I have to do? I got to go over here and I got to get this ring and I got to put this thing on my finger. Then it's mine, right? But now if I leave it sitting here, Dave or anybody could just pick it up (laughs) and it could be gone. He could pick it up. And it could be gone. Do you know that is the devil's ploy with your mind? Do you know that when you got saved, your heart and your mind is just exactly like this ring? It was empty, swept and garnished. You were clean, white, pure as snow. And what happens is, you ever heard in Matthew where it talks about if a demon goes into a person and he's driven out, he goes across the earth seeking rest and finding none. So what does he do? He goes back to the same person with seven more and finds that house clean, swept, and garnished. Well, what does that mean? He finds that it's empty and in good shape. So he just brings more in there with him. 
Well, that's what happens with Christians. What they do is they just leave their mind open. And God is not a forcer. Just like with this ring. Keith gave it to me, but he's not going to hold me down and put it on my finger. He's not going to demand that I put this ring on. It is a grand gift, would you say? It's a, it's a great gift. But God is not going to hold me down and put his word in me. He's not going to make me sit and read my Bible. He's not going to hold me down and make me go to church. He's not going to make me do anything for him. It's not who he is. He desires it that we serve him. He desires that we read his word and we knew our minds. Listen to this verse with me. Let's see where it is, if I can find it. I know it's in here. Ephesians 4.22. In the King James. It says that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which is after God created in righteousness and true holiness. So you put off the old man and you do what? Put on the new man. The Amplified says, strip yourselves of your former nature and put off and discard your old unrenewed self, which is characterized, uh, which characterized your previous manner of life and becomes corrupt through lust, desires that spring from what? Delusion. You think it's good. And be consistently renewed in the spirit of your what? Mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude and put on the new nature, the regenerate self created in God's image, God-like in true righteousness and holiness. So what you have to do is you have to put off that old man and you have to put on the new one. So you have to stop letting yourself yield to those old thoughts, yield to those old feelings, and you have to put on the new feelings and the new thoughts. But you have to do it. Because when you get born again, your mind is not filled with the Word. Your mind is not filled with good things. It's empty, swept in garnish. And what the devil is going to do is he's going to begin to feed you thoughts. He is the master of pressure. And he is not a gentleman. He is not like God. He is going to constantly bombard you with bad things. Because that's who he is. Just like if I left this ring sitting right here on this pulpit, he would not mind one second doing what? Taking it. And that's what he'll do with your body. 
He will take control of your body. But who did God give the keys to? Then why did you give the keys to the devil? Why are you giving the keys to such a valuable, precious thing to the devil? Which is more valuable, your house, your car, or your body? Do you give some evil, bad person the keys to your house? Do you give some evil, bad person the keys to your car? If you knew somebody was a really, 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 really bad, reckless driver, would you give them the keys to your car? If you knew they had a wreck every other month, would you give them the keys to your car? Then why do you give the destroyer of your life the keys to your mind and the keys to your body? When he feeds you a thought, they don't appreciate you. They don't, they don't recognize all your gifts. They don't acknowledge how valuable you are. They just don't understand you. You need to find somebody that does. Huh? Where do those thoughts come from? Put up the fruit of the Spirit again? Is that one of those? No. So what are we supposed to do? Somebody said it. Let's find the verse for it. Huh? 2 Corinthians 10.5. Let's look at it in the King James. 2 Corinthians 10.5. Is that? Yeah, there we go. What does that say? Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, what does it mean to cast down? What does it mean to cast down? Cast does not mean like that. Cast means throw it down. It means don't give it a second. It means don't give it any time, don't give it any thought. It means deal with it. Just take it and chunk it. Don't give it one second. Throw it down. When those thoughts come to your mind, they hurt me. They don't appreciate me. They don't understand me. Nobody values me. They don't understand what I'm going through. Why don't they love me? Nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. My boss is taking advantage of me over and over and over again. Any thoughts of your being mistreated or your being abused or your not being appreciated or any of those things, what are you supposed to do with them? You are supposed to cast them down. You're supposed to get rid of them immediately. Otherwise, you are giving the devil the keys to your mind. And the moment that you do that, it is going to take you down divorce row. It's going to take you down Splitsville from your job. And you know what that does? It gets people off the path that God had planned for them. And that, that is the number one ploy of the devil. 
It is his plan all along to get you out of God's will. He don't care about your feelings. He don't care about your life. All he cares about is getting you out of the plan of God for your life. I love the plan of God for my life. I love being in his perfect plan. I love being in his perfect will. I love doing what he's called me to do. I know I am called of God to do what I'm doing. Because I know I couldn't do it without his help, without his grace, without his abilities, without his strength. I know I am in the perfect will of God doing what he's called me to do. Because I couldn't do it otherwise. I couldn't get up in the morning and do what I do. I couldn't go to bed at night and do what I do. I couldn't travel back and forth and do what I do. I couldn't have the answers that I have. I know that I'm in His perfect plan. And it's a good place to be. But do you know what? In His perfect plan, He will do everything in His power to tell you, they don't appreciate you. They don't understand what you do. Nobody cares. I don't care who you are. The devil's going to come to you and he's going to say, nobody loves you. Your kids hadn't called you in a week. They don't even know you're alive. They don't know you exist. They don't care about you. Do you know that? They don't even care about you. You could just lay here and die and they wouldn't even know you were alive or dead. It's because they don't care. If they cared, they'd check up on you. But do you know what the truth is? The truth is, if you were busy right in the middle of what God called you to do, you wouldn't have time to be sitting there thinking about who's not doing what they're supposed to be doing for you. I don't have time to think about if my sisters or my daddy called me. I had a friend one time and she said, do you know what? I don't think we can be friends anymore. You hadn't checked up on me and seen if I was doing okay lately. And I said, you're right, we can't be. I said, and she told me what she went through. And I thought, is that all you've been through? Do you want me to list off what I've been through in that time frame? And you didn't call and check on me either. I, I don't think we can be friends. That's selfishness, guys. If you want to hear from your kids, pick up the phone and call them. If you want your husband to give you flowers, pick up the phone and call the florist and get him some. If you want flowers in your house, there's a way to get them. I mean, this selfish, poor, pitiful me stuff. Recognize where that stuff comes from. It will eat your lunch. It will destroy your life. It will set you on a path you don't want to be on. It will get you in a bed with the covers pulled over your head and a hot cloth on it. In Depression Alley. And I didn't find depression one spot on that fruit of the spirit list. I found joy. 
Do you know how bad they hurt me? Do you know how bad? Do you know that they forgot my birthday? Well, how many of them have you had? Huh? Maybe you should buy everybody else something for your birthday. They've been putting up with you for a long time. Huh? Flip the coin for a little bit. Are you this pleasure cruise to be around? Huh? I mean, think, think reality. You know, if you want somebody to do something for you, do something kind for them. Let's quit being the devil's pawn. It's like a puppet. It's like a marionette thing that he's got these strings hanging down, which he's underneath us, so I guess he'd be pulling them from the bottom. Right? Be depressed. So here goes your mouth. That's what it is. I just figured it out. That's exactly what it is. Be depressed. So he's got this string and he pulls it down. And that's why, that's exactly the whole thing. That's why everybody's like this all the time because the devil's pulling them down. They're his marionette. So when you see somebody like this and their lips hanging down, you can just look at them and say, "Uh uh-huh, devil's got your strings today, don't he? I know who's pulling your strings today. Because I tell you what, when you're up like this and you're smiling, where's the strings coming from? Who's got your strings in? Huh? Whose marionette are you? Huh? Who are you going to let drive your car? Who are you going to give the keys to? You're in control. You're the one that has authority in your life. You got that mind all cleaned out. But if you don't put something back in it, the devil will fill it for you. He will take the time and take all your efforts and he will begin to, if it's not full of the word and you're not saying, thank you, Jesus, glory to God, the greater ones in me, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Then he's going to fill it with, woe is me. You ever seen the donkey on, on uh, Winnie the Pooh? Eeyore? Woe is me. Oh, it hasn't happened yet, but I know it's going to happen. What bad is going to happen today? Huh? That's Eeyore. Is that you? No. We are spirit-led children of God. And if you want people to think you're spiritual, don't go prophesying to them. You want people to really think you're spiritual and know you're spiritual? Then what does the Bible say that will be proof of you being spiritual? Put it back up there. This is going to show if you are spiritual or not. Not your mouth. Not you prophesying. Not you quoting the Bible. This is what's going to show me if you're spiritual. If you have love, 
if you have joy, if you have peace, if you have patience, if you have kindness, if you have goodness, if you have faithfulness, keep on going. If you have gentleness and what? Self-control. That means you can't pitch a fit in the grocery store or at the, at the tax office or any place else with somebody on the phone because they didn't do what you wanted. It don't matter if you think they're a Christian or not or that waitress in that restaurant because they got your order wrong. It means that you have the fruit of the Spirit growing in you. How does a fruit do? Does it just pop up on a tree and it automatically it's this great big huge ripe orange? No, it grows. It starts as a little seed and then it grows and it grows and it gets better and better and better and better and better. I mean, we're in orange country here. How many of you ever drove around and see all the orange trees? Do they just pop up on those trees and be nice, great, juicy oranges? No. They start and they grow and they grow and they grow and they grow. And that's what we have to do. We have to start and we have to grow. Let me read you another scripture here and I think you're going to like it. Um... Where is it at here? Paul said, well, let me skip that for time's sake. They've already left and went to the platform. Let me read you this. Where is it at here? Um, King James says in Psalms 131, verse 2. Uh, that's uh, 131 verse 2. That's, yeah. Surely I have behaved and quieted myself as a child that is weaned of his mother. My soul is even as a weaned child. Well, that doesn't really make sense. Put it up there for me in the uh, Amplified. And I think you'll get this. I think it'll help you a lot. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me, ceased from fretting. Let me explain. What do you have to do when you're weaning a child? You have to start teaching them. You take it step by step. What if you're potty training them? You're weaning them from going in a diaper. You got to train them step by step by step. Oh, they make a mistake this time, but what do you do? You go back again and do it again. And you go back again and you do it again. But you keep doing it over and over and over and over again until what? One day... They come screaming at you and say, Mommy, I went potty all by myself. I can pull up my own pants now. Like that commercial says. Right? But you had to keep working with them, right? And it didn't happen the first time. And it didn't happen the second time. And it didn't happen the third time. But what did it do? How many of you in this room had to wear diapers when you were 16 years old? Because your parents didn't train you? How many of you, when you got 30, you still had to wear diapers because your parents didn't train you? 
Didn't happen, did it? No, because they took the time and they trained you how to be able to get out of a diaper. They trained you how to get rid of that binky. What happened when you took away the binky from the baby? Oh, they pitched a fit. What happened when you took away their security blanket? They cried. What happened when you took away their bottle? They fussed and they screamed. What's going to happen to your flesh when you don't let it do what it wants to do? Huh? It's going to put up a stink. It's going to fuss. It's going to cry. It's going to scream when you don't let it have that dessert it wants. When you don't let it yield to those feelings. When you don't let it pout. When you don't let it stay in the room because it didn't get it wet its way like a two-year-old. When you don't let it stomp off and give you a piece of its mind which it can't afford to do. (laughs) What is your flesh going to do? It's going to cry. But you know what? For everything that the devil has put out there, God has given you the substitute. For depression, he's given you joy. For fretting, he's given you peace. For bitterness, he's given you love. He didn't just take away a baby's bottle. What did he do? He replaced it with some better food. How many of you would still want to be on a bottle today? How many of you like steak? Don't, Don't you prefer steak to just having a bottle in your mouth? And that's the way God is. He don't want you to stay on the milk because there's something better than the milk. He don't want you to stay on the bitterness because there's something better than the bitterness. He don't want you to stay on the hurts because there's something better than the hurts. He don't want you to stay in the pain because there's something better than the pain. He don't want you to stay in the, in the uh, feel sorry for me and depression because there's joy. He gave us the better and the devil's trying to substitute it with the bad. But we have to make the choices. Look with me if you will. Let's see where it is. Psalms 42, verse 11. This, I believe, is the King James. Why are you cast down, O my soul? David's asking his soul, why are you cast down? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him. What is he doing? He's asking his, his soul a question. He's talking to his soul. Maybe we should do that sometimes. Maybe when we get up and we got the cranky coggly moglies and we call ourselves having a bad day, we should never have a bad day. You might have a bad 30 seconds till you get yourself by the nap of the neck and pull yourself back. But you should ask yourself, 
So, why are you upset? Why are you down? Why are you bitter? Why are you mad? What right have you got to be? And do what he did. Look with me. Psalm 103. You all know it. Verse five, verse 1 through 5. What did he do? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all my iniquities, who heals all my diseases, who redeems my life from destruction, who crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like an eagle. That's what you tell your soul when it's down and depressed and hurt and feeling sorry for itself. You don't get in some corner and feel sorry for yourself. You don't yield to that stuff. I don't care how many times the devil has told you things and maybe you hear voices or maybe you hear sounds or maybe you hear other things. The only thing you should be hearing is this. You open that mouth and you if you open your mouth, Keith does this test, you want to do it? Okay, we'll do a test. This is a test of the emergency broadcast system. Uh, you ready? Because this is an emergency, I'm telling you. It's an emergency in some people's lives. Are you ready? Okay. I'm going to do it just exactly the way that he does it. Tell me you can't control your mind and do this test. Ready? I want you to repeat everything I say exactly the way I say it. Okay? And then tell me if you can count to ten while I say it with your, with your mind. Or just start counting to ten with your mind, and then you can tell me how far you get. So start counting to ten or fifty or whatever. You, some of you may count really fast in your mind. Now, be quiet. Just start counting. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. name. Are you still counting? How many of you were still counting? In your head. Impossible. Impossible. You cannot say it with the fervor I said it and keep counting in your head. Try it again if you think you were. Let's try it again. A couple of people raised their hands. Let's try it again. Start counting again. You didn't lose count. You kept counting in your head. You ready? Start with one again. Glory to God! God. You're faithful and true. I love you. You're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Glory to your name. Okay, now how many of you kept counting? Do you see what I'm saying? So you are hearing voices. So your mind is doing all sorts of things to you. So the devil has convinced you that you're losing your mind. 
I'm serious. He has some people convinced that they're absolutely losing their mind. There's people on drugs. There's people hurting. That's how you can get your mind back. That's how you can control what's going on in your life. You may have to yell it really loud sometimes. You may have to get in some room by yourself. You may have to go to a park somewhere and get off to yourself. You may have to get out in a pasture with the cows to get some privacy. But you open your mouth and you say it as loud as you can. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The Lord is my comfort and my shield. The Holy Ghost is my helper. And you do that and you open your mouth and it does not matter how the devil has convinced you, how bad you are, how feeling sorry for yourself you are. You open your mouth and you begin to say how wonderful things are. You begin to say how good things are. Maybe your whole body is racked with pain, but you begin to confess, my toes are working good. Glory to God, my toes are working good. Glory to God, my ears are... They're not hurting. I don't have any pain in my earlobe. Glory to God, I, I can feel it. There's no pain in my earlobe. Glory to God, and dance, because you don't have any pain in your earlobe. And you forget about the bad feelings. Because you know what happens? The more you think about the bad feelings the greater and greater and greater and greater and greater they're going to get. They'll be magnified and get bigger and bigger. It's like you put an ant under a magnifying glass. The more you think about the things of the devil, the bigger he gets. But it's the very same way with God. The more you think about the things of God... The more you think about his word, the more you magnify his word, the bigger he gets. And when God gets bigger, the devil is just like an ant. You can stomp him out with one little bitty finger. So that is exactly what you have to do. You ask your soul. When it starts to go that way, you treat it just like a weaned baby. And you begin to talk to it. And you say, no soul, you're going to do what I want to do today. You're going to think what I want to think today. Don't let just your mind be an open pit for the devil to come in and fill it with anything he wants to. Because he will fill it with bad things. You must fill it with God things. That's why so much stuff, secular stuff, is so many bad thoughts and feelings. And it's, it's all about feelings and it's all about this. And, it's, and he tries to feed you things that, that don't bless you. Because he wants to fill your heart and your soul and your mind with things that are not going to help you. And you're constantly hearing radio and TV and people that are constantly bombarding you with bad. So you've got to do something to counteract that. Because the devil is a pusher. He's like a drug pusher. And he's constantly trying to push drugs off on you. Push bad things off on you. That's what pushers do. But God doesn't. And he's never going to push himself off on you. 
He wants you to want to know His Word. He wants you to desire to be filling yourself with Him. And the more you do that, the easier it is to resist the bad feelings. So every time a bad feeling comes, get your fruit of the Spirit. Some of you may need to do what we did back in the 70s. You may need to get that fruit of the Spirit list and you may need to laminate it and you may need to carry it in your pocket like a, a testament or something. And you may need to, okay, when I start to have a bad temper, okay, wh- which woman do I substitute? Gentleness, okay, gentleness. Okay? Gentleness. And don't tell me you can't do it. It's like Keith says, like a man that beats his wife. Okay? He'll beat his wife if she weighs 125 pounds and he weighs 200 pounds, 250 pounds. But then you put him in a room with a 355-pound linebacker or something like that, and he seems to be able to control his temper. It's like he finally got control of everything all of a sudden. And you can do the very same thing with yourself. It just depends on who you're around and what you're around. And if certain people or certain things bring out worse things in you, guess what? Stay away from them. them. And if certain things bring out better things in you, guess what? Evil communications do what? Corrupt good fruit. Because your manners are your fruit and people are going to judge you by them. Stand up and be a tree with me. I want to see what kind of fruit we can pick. If someone was to come to your house this afternoon and say, I need some good fruit, what are they going to see? Huh? What kind of fruit are they going to see if they have a hidden camera at your house this afternoon? Huh? Which one of those fruit trees are you? Put them back up there on the screen for me just a minute. I want to see what kind of fruit trees we have in here. There we go. Who's going to be a love tree? Okay, who's going to be a joy tree? All right, who's going to be a a peace tree? Who's going to be a patient tree? Oh, everybody ought to raise their hand on that one. Patience, double patience. Who's going to be a kind tree? Who's going to be a goodness tree? Who's going to be a faithful tree? You're always there when people need you. Yeah, go on. Who's going to be a gentle tree? And who's going to be a self-control tree? You know, we, we're checking on some fruit trees to plant in the yard here. And Tom told me about one. You all may probably already know about it. But there's this one tree that they've got grafted that's got Tom where are you what has it got in it grapefruit and lemons and oranges or it's got all these things it's called a what was it called it was called something huh your fruit salad tree yeah there you go we'll call it a fruit salad tree um but it has it has all of these trees mixed into one tree And and it's growing all these different fruit on one tree. A cocktail tree. That's it. It was called a cocktail tree. And I said, I want one of those. I want a cocktail tree. 
And I want to be a cocktail tree. That's what I'm going to be. I'm going to be a cocktail tree. This limb's going to be love. And this one's going to be peace. And this one's going to be joy. This one's going to be major patience. And long-suffering and gentleness. What about you? Every time you go to do something, you take it. If it's a bad thought, just like what we did, and you imagine yourself, you just take it. When it comes to be something bad that the devil's trying to put on you, you take 30 seconds when you think you're going to be mean, and you say, oh, nope, devil, I know that's you, and you just throw it down. And you say, nope, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness. That's all the time you give it, just long enough for it to go from here to the ground. Okay? Glory to God. You guys sing something?